John, you everything going well in your neck of the woods? I mean, by and large, it's been kind of a an interesting series of weeks at work just because um, I was out for a week on vacation. I was back for a week. And then the week after that, my coworker was out for for fall break where we live. And then so that was this past week. And then this current week, the lender who I directly support and I work with pretty much every day, he is out because oh. his kids are on a different county schedule. Ah, so yes. they're on fall break this week. Right. I'm just like, we have not been fully staffed in our in our <laughs> department for like a month. Yeah. It's a it's Man. a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. I haven't had to deal with that in a long time. <laughs> is your uh, is your department fully staffed, Jay? Is it our, uh, just you? Our department is fully staffed. Our my department would not be able to function if it was not fully staffed. <laughs> I believe that. I oh, very man, much we are, believe that. We are actually on fall break this week. Uh, Metro is out this week, and so um, that has put me at at ease. Like I, I like tonight, we're able to record, and it's you know it's already nine fifteen, and I'm like, eh, if this goes till midnight, like who cares? Like I can just sleep in till nine o'clock tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Damn, that would be a that would be a heck of an episode. Like that we're putting three hours, three hour episode. Oof. We're doing a commentary for the Dark Knight at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, a watch along. A commentary of uh, Titanic where we actually have to change out the VHS. <laughs> that's a that's Do you a remember that? I've not thought about that. I've never seen Titanic. I, you're not missing out on much. The boat sinks. Well, the boat sinks. Yeah. What's the Bo- big deal? Boat sinks and they all freeze to death. It's That's yeah. all you need to know. And there's a jewel for some that. reason that plays an important role. Yeah. I will say, I I don't really, I don't care about the movie. But there's this Titanic museum, I think it's in Pigeon Forge. Yes. That I conceptually, again, I've never been to it. Conceptually, I love the idea of this museum. Yeah. Because they're, and I'm, I think I'm remembering this right, they're like the single largest collection of Titanic and Titanic related things on the planet to the point that they cycle exhibits out with such frequency you can go back literally two consecutive days and you can never see the same museum twice that's so weird to me something and it's always in changes Forge. of all places yeah like you're you're like from that point you're like that location you're seven hours away from the nearest ocean comfortably yeah like how what what in the world I don't know, man, but more power to I, them, I as, guess. as a, as someone who used to live in that area ish, it's really like conceptually the idea of a museum that is constantly changing is fascinating to me. I, I really like that. I appreciate that. You know, that's, I feel the same way about like the Frist, uh, in Nashville. Have you, mm-hmm. you've been to the Frist, I assume? Uh, once. Okay. So the Frist, I really a... like them because they're kind of the same way, which I mean, I guess that's art, right? Art's always being made to an extent. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I don't know about nowadays, but uh, <laughs> different. That's a different that's conversation. A different, yeah, that's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> the uh, the thing though is that they they change it out all the time. So you know, there's mm-hmm. always a different focus. You know, uh, this mm-hmm. this artist or this art. You know, or sometimes they'll do um, different cultures. That's a lot of fun. I like that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the I, one time that I went, they had a, an exhibit on. It was like medieval arms and armor. Ooh, fun. And it was it was really cool. But then I was just like, man, someone had to carry all of this stuff up like two flights of stairs. 
Yeah, it's a lot of metal. Yeah, that had to be that had to not be anyone's favorite day. Oof, man! Surely there's an elevator for something like that. That be those were those were big exhibits. They were like horse armors. Oh gosh! So like imagine so you have the the armor itself right is not going to be small, but then you have to have the enclosure for it. Like that thing was massive. Like that thing was probably bigger than my college apartment. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Which is, I guess, is college, a little bigger college. than my dorm room. Bigger than my dorm room, comfortably. Yeah. In my your apartment. It was a two room apartment. It was like $1,200 on a college budget. It's like, how am I affording this? Donating plasma is a big part of it. <laughs> <laughs> you can actually make quite a bit of money from that. Write that down. Write that down. Yeah. But can we take a moment, like with the frist? I, I was just thinking about your, the horse armor. You said horse armor, and immediately mm-hmm. I thought of like ma- I'm trying to imagine myself being in medieval times. I'm going to fight on the battlefield, and you see a horse completely decked out in armor, running full speed at you. Like oh I think gosh. at that point, I would just drop my sword and just be like, "I, I'm just, I'm done. Like I can't. Nope, I'm not fighting that." I feel like what I would do, because you have, like, armor is not, is not light, right? Like, that's part of the thing. One of the, one of the key uh, aspects of a knight's tale is how right. heavy average armor is. Yeah. Um, I feel like you just, like, you turn into a matador, and you're just like, ole, and you, like, move to the side, because the horse <laughs> has to just, it t- takes it forever to turn around. Right. So you're just like, oh, ho. Or like that, uh, what was it, like an old Geico commercial where it's like, oh, gotta be quicker than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. The marketing team for Geico, man, they've they've got it going on. They've had some winners for sure. Yes, they have. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. Uh, I am Jay, and with me, of course, as always, is good old John here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are here to talk more about uh, movies, opinions that you didn't ask for. Now, we did something interesting this episode. Uh, we had kind of played around with the idea of doing various different things. Um, things had been delayed And there wasn't a whole lot coming out, or at least there wasn't a whole lot coming out that we were all that excited about. Um, John and I are not too keen on the horror genre. Um, And then Paw Patrol seemed kind of out of our wheelhouse. So (laughs) we, what we decided to do, I kind of came up with it uh, last second. I said, what if you just watch something completely random? I'll Mm -hmm. watch something completely random. Mm -hmm. We won't tell each other what it is. And we'll just, when the episode starts, we'll say what it is and just review it. Uh, So So we still don't know. Did you also pick Too Fast, Too Furious? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Great minds think alike. <laughs> uh, no, but for real, I did not pick that. That would have been hilarious. No, I didn't either. Uh, okay. My my pick, I'm, I'm actually really excited to... So one of the things I'm doing is um, I've, I'm trying to... Uh, 
share my passions with my kids, right? So my oldest Mm -hmm. is 13. And so I decided that he's reached the age that in the maturity level that he could probably handle some, um, you just more, I guess just more mature content, you know, uh, as far as like the, the stuff with like the rated R. So yeah. Yeah. Just like the, you know, more gore, maybe a little more language, but okay. You know what I mean? You went, so yeah, you're, you're viewing that as gore, but I'm trying to remember like, when I was a kid, I feel like 13 is probably around when uh, my dad introduced me to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. So it's probably in that same, like, window yeah. where it's like, okay, they can probably handle this now. Right. And then it's like, that is not about being mature. That's about, like, you can laugh at a lot of the jokes, but you will not get some of the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's, and of course all of that is within reason, but so one of the things that I did was a movie that I feel like really impacted me growing up. And one that I think that cinematically, I actually have a lot of respect for it. There's a lot of people that don't like it. There's a lot of people that don't like it. Um, But it's one that I really enjoy. And so I got to share that with him. We got to watch it together. Um, And my wife actually watched it with us. She had never seen it before either. And um, it was actually a really fun experience. So I'm I'm looking forward to to sharing that. Uh, But before we get into that, we have some news to cover. And Mm -hmm. we also have the final episode of Ahsoka. We do have that. I forgot to pull up that summary. So blind myself with Wikipedia real quick (laughs) while John throws a flashbang in his uh, room there. We will start with some news Um, to first little. What'd you say? It's so bright. Why? Why does Wikipedia (laughs) not have a dark mode? You would think that it would match the settings of your PC. Yeah, you would think, but you would be wrong. Mm hmm. Anyway, moving on. See, next time they ask you for money, you know, when you go and they're like, that's so the thing they time. need to add. Do you want dark mode? Well, then yeah. this is how much you need to donate. <laughs> um, okay, so um, one of the things that I think is just interesting, um, you know, John and I, we've talked some. Have we Have we reviewed a Pixar movie? Maybe? I don't. I don't know if we have. Were we were we doing the pod when Incredibles two came out? Because I feel like we would have reviewed that. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Oh man, we've been doing this for five years now, so I I can't really remember. I about to say anyway, missed opportunity if we haven't. But anyway, so what I was going to get at is that Pixar films have lost its uh, creativity, cultural plot armor. Yeah. Where they used to be, they used to always be hits, and now it's just like, eh, it's a movie. Yeah. Well, uh, Pixar has stated, uh, Pixar CCO uh, Pete um, Doctor has said, no. No, that I'd would be, be weird. I'd be here uh, for it, though. What, G- give him one movie. <laughs> his quote said, uh, what are, the, the things that they ask themselves is, what are the kinds of films we want to be making I really think I want to double down on what allowed us to speak to audiences to begin with. So what does that mean? Well, when uh, things that out, talk that don't know. normally talk. See, that's what I said. Toys, bugs, cars. Yeah, you know, things that like kids like. Yeah. I don't know. Get back to the basics. I think that's the that's the key. You got to So anyway, Toy Story 5 coming to a theater near you. <sighs> Why? 
start Why? it's hard to get more back to the basics than the one that started at all. Well, they're doing that though. Are they really? Yes. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. They didn't even need to make four. They should have stopped at three. No, they really didn't. Three was well, and perfect. I feel like I feel like what you three is a it has a perfect ending. It bookends everything. It yeah. should end there. Yeah. And what you do is you just start fresh with a new group of toys. Yeah. Yep. That, that's what you you have a wholly separate second trilogy. Right. What do you do? You still call it Toy Story, or do you just call it something different? Ooh, that's tricky. Or like, do you call it something, and then like down below, like you call it like a a a Toy, toy Story story story? Like, no, I, I get you. Yours is better than mine. Mine was kind of deliberately dumb. Okay, because <laughs> I called it a Toy Story story. A Toy Story story. <laughs> yeah, mine was kind of like deliberately they... on. It was it was on the nose. <laughs> It was um, good though. I liked it. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I there's like that's no confusion you when you name it like that. <laughs> there, there is, but there isn't a Toy like, Story you... story. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that that's what you do. I just don't know what the what the actual title would be, unless it would be like Jenny's Room, a Toy Story story, where it was like Andy's Room. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's what you do because there or... are these characters that we know and love, but like, let them go, man. <laughs> Or you the do what, or you do what they had initially set out to do, but make it good um, with like Buzz Lightyear. Mm, okay, origin stories. You know, like you do like an origin story for Buzz Lightyear, but like you know, I, I totally mean offense by this. Make it good. Um, <laughs> That's so limiting, though, because like you can really only do origin stories for Woody and Buzz. Because, like, I'm not going to watch a Mr. Potato Head movie. I'm just not going no, to. No, no. So, like, those would have to be shorts you know what for movie the other ones. You know what I totally see, though? Sid's is Room? A, is a Rex movie? Or a Slinky Dog movie? I feel like they would they would be, like, buddy cops. <laughs> that would be a, it'd be a buddy cop movie. Sid yeah. and Slinky. Or not Sid and Slinky. Uh, Rex and Slinky. So you would say I, Sid's Room? I would watch Sid's Room. That would be a horror movie. Would it though? A Pixar horror movie? I mean, if they I know they're gonna they're gonna trend back towards, you know, the things that made them the things that kids enjoy, but if 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 creators and and big studio movies are gonna be kind of pivoting towards people more our age, where it's like, we know you grew up on these things, but we also know you're adults now, so we're gonna grow up some of our concepts. Sure. That is a logical jump. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, like you like you alluded to earlier, neither of us are super uh, in the know in the horror genre, but I can't imagine there's an abundance of high quality animated horror movies. I wouldn't think so. No. Un- untapped genre. Hmm. Jay, hmm. we could be thousand airs. Hmm. I don't know if I want to be known <laughs> for that. Oh, no, no. We're not making it. We're selling the idea to somebody. Oh, okay. They'll, oh, okay. they'll make right. it. Gotcha. All right, I'm good yeah, with no, that. Plausible deniability. So, uh, staying in the Disney realm, uh, the Spiderwick Chronicles was something that was going to be getting a reboot originally from Disney. It was going to be uh, specifically on Disney Plus. Disney has dropped it, and of all people, Roku has picked it up. Huh? Eh. Did you ever read those books? No. So they came out like as we were phasing out of YA into just like regular books, right? Because I remember them, but I never touched them. I I don't know. Yeah, I I never read them. I remember seeing them. I remember watching the movie and thinking, wow, this is really depressing. I feel like I remember looking at the covers and being like, this looks like it's wanting to be a series of unfortunate events. 
Oh, definitely. It had, I'm pretty so, sure it even, I want to say, and this is something we could easily look up, but why not just debate about we're, it? We're not going to, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it may have been the same illustrator. That would make sense why the covers looked the same. Yeah, because they did look very similar. I agree. Um, so Jerry Seinfeld, and this is something, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Seinfeld, uh, the series, but... Um, the uh, sitcom, but Jerry Seinfeld right. has teased that some sort of Seinfeld revival is going to be happening. He said, quote, something is going to happen, happen that has to do with that ending. It hasn't happened yet. Because the show ends and they all get arrested, right? Uh, n- no, it actually, it, it ends and, oh, wait a second, do they? Now I'm starting to get confused. I, or does I, it end when they're in court? I want to say it ends and they're on the subway and then they all get off of the subway and then they all just go their different directions. And that's how it ends. Like there's no goodbye. There's no like, well, it was, you know, see y'all tomorrow or whatever. It's just they like kind of awkwardly look at each other and then just walk away. (laughs) As you do when you've spent however much countless hours together. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. I feel actually, I know how I feel about that. It is likely a bad idea. Oh, absolutely. It is for, for the same reason, like after the writer strike ended, the creator of the office was like, Hey, what if we revived? Like, what if we, what if we rebooted the office? I was going to get to that eventually, but I'm glad you brought it up. Like (laughs) what? No. What if you didn't, have you tried to watch the office recently? Like you can't say half of those things. No, you can't. Like, and everything that made Michael endearing is like he'd get canceled yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first the pilot episode never would have aired. No. Now. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's people are banking too much on this on the nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. Um and some things there's some things that that works very well. I agree. But there's a lot of things that that does not work well. Yeah. And The Office and Seinfeld are two of those things. Yeah. I I don't know I don't know if this is what Friends did. I know they did something a couple of years ago. They did just like a Where are they now? Yeah. That that to me just a one-off where are they now? It's like an hour and a half, especially yeah. with something styled like The Office, where it's already that mockumentary style. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Yeah. That's absolutely what you do. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, unless you start it again in a completely different branch, in a completely different industry. Like, they're not even in the paper industry anymore, but there's some other similarly mundane, everyday people selling everyday things. I don't know. You can You can create that dynamic without it being the office unless you called it a the office story callback nice we've come full circle Mm -hmm. yeah i agree um it just doesn't make sense and to me it's one of those things that kind of like friends you know those episodes that series it it holds a special place for you and it's one of those comfort things that you can go back to and so it's like trying to reinvent this thing like I'm going to refer to it as food. It's like, think of like your comfort food. For me, it's like mac and cheese, right? Okay. You know, noodles, cheese, put it together, put a little milk in there, maybe some heavy cream, put it together in the pot, take it out. There you go. It's like them trying to say, okay, well, we're going to take your mac and cheese and we're going to reinvent it. And completely do something different with it. It's still going to be mac and cheese. It's just going to look different. Maybe even taste a little different. It's like, no, don't do that. 
This is okay, fine just so the way it is. To to completely derail us here, how do you feel about mac and cheese balls? I've never... No, that's not true. I have had that. Um, very good friend of mine introduced that to me. I... It, it's silly. Because it's the same, but it's different. It's... It's... It's not... I, I didn't care for it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't. I don't yeah. care for mac and cheese balls, but I'm just curious what you. I'm curious what you thought. Um. Uh, yeah. 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 I don't really so you're have right anything to push back me. on that with. Okay. Because all right, I agree. Um. The new. Have you, John? Did you see that the new PS5 model has been released? Yeah, and I still don't. The the thing that I understand the least about it, because they're still doing disc edition and they're still doing digital edition. Right. And it's like like fifty bucks difference between the two, mm-hmm. but they're also selling. It's like eighty or a hundred bucks. You can buy a disc drive to install on your digital PS Five. But why not just buy the? That is the question. <laughs> <laughs> why not just get the one with a disc drive? Uh, because I imagine there was enough, like enough, not pushback, but um, when they released this initial wave of of consoles. It was, you know, I was only able to get the digital edition, but I really want to have discs. And it's like, I understand you, you, with the PS5 specifically, you bought what you could find. Um, I don't know that we're still in that, in that phase. So maybe just make enough of the disc edition that you don't have to worry about it. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. Or, huh. That's interesting. But also, they're not going to make them if people aren't going to buy them, so people are going to buy them. Huh. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, no, that doesn't make sense at all. And let's be honest, when was the last time that you went to a GameStop to buy a used game? I mean, it wasn't a GameStop because I have standards. Um, <laughs> but we have a we have a local store here in town. I went to... So it was September. I bought me a nice uh, $5 copy of Assassin's Creed 2. Okay. I moved okay. I moved my 360 from up here to the to downstairs. Yeah. So I could play video games downstairs too. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I um I think I think that the disc industry is just kind of a dying thing. You know, it's it's just going to turn into like a, you know, if you're a retro gamer type of deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I I will say this with great confidence. My computer does not have a disk drive. I will never put a disk drive on it. Most like most high-level PCs do not have disk drives. Hmm. Laptops I think are probably phasing them out as well. Oh yeah. No, my yeah. But you also have like records sold so so much like in terms of percentage of the of the market records are selling so much more than they have in like 40 years hmm. so it's just to say that everything vinyl is cyclical is what you're talking about right yes yes okay. I, like physical vinyl records are selling right. in terms of a, a greater percentage than they have recently yeah so it, it's cyclical and that's that's everything hmm. so they're they're probably phasing out now but as people get fed up with you know why do I need to watch um, CBS's? Why do I need CBS's streaming service and NBC's streaming service? Like why why am I paying for twelve streaming services when I could just buy the DVDs of the show that I know I like? Yeah. So at some level, there's always going to be a market for it. Yeah. But you're seeing all of those those trashy direct to DVD movies that would be in like the five dollar bin at Walmart. They're just being buried in the streaming services where they're being released. 
Looking at you, Netflix. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they all do. There it, are though. others. Yeah. Did you ever play uh, Twisted Metal? No. That car combat game? No. It's like PlayStation. There's like a show on Peacock. Anthony Mackie is in it. It came out over the summer and nobody cared. Yeah. Because things get buried on streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm right there with you, though, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Because, like, <clears throat> for example, we uh, we canceled Disney Plus this week. Yeah. Um, in fact, tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow is the last day that we have it. And <clears throat> I totally do not anticipate pur- purchasing Disney Plus again until if and, w- and no, if or when or when more if uh Loki is any good. I I mean know? the first episode's been out for a week and I have not even thought about watching it. I mean, I at this point I'm hesitant about anything Marvel related. Um and I feel like you are as well. You f- you feel the same way. Um, By and large, yes. Uh I I am getting more excited for the Marvels just because like surely one of these things is going to be serviceable cuz like Secret Invasion let down. Mm-hmm. Loki show <clears throat> low expectations, but they can be exceeded. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, mm. Mm. but yeah. So and then like I was thinking about Ahsoka, right? And I was like, man, I, that's going to be something I'm going to want to watch again. And then I thought, well, they they released um, the other Star Wars shows on DVD like three so, years later. Yeah, but they I was just like, released well, The Mandalorian season one like two months ago. Eventually, I'll be able to buy it though, and I will rewatch yeah. it. <laughs> Fair. Like I will purchase that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's... That will be that will be a purchase because Disney Plus may not be around forever. <gasps> Say it ain't so. Uh, so speaking of not being around forever, DC um, production budgets for 2023 DC EU films was officially released. Some of them were different than what they had originally said. So starting from least amount, or excuse me, reverse that, from greatest amount to least amount, The Flash, $220 million. Aquaman Gross. 2, $215 million. Shazam 2, $125 million. Blue Beetle, $104 million. None of these have been profitable so far. Which is a shame. I feel like more people... Blue Beetle, I know we disagreed on it. I found it to be somewhat enjoyable, especially in the context of the other things that DC has done recently. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, I saw this on Facebook, so take this with, like, not a grain of salt, not a shaker of salt, (laughs) but, like, you are at Sam's Club, and there's, like, a 10-pound bag of salt. Take it with that. Um... The report was that Jason Momoa tried to get Amber Heard fired from Aquaman The Last Kingdom to the point that he would show up on set drunk, dressed like Johnny Depp. True story. I need that to be true. True story. He's such a legend. If that's true. Yep, true story. I I, I saw the same thing and looked up the source and I was like, that's credible. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, speaking that is, of that Jason is a level Momoa, of petty even I do not aspire to reach. Like it is transcendently well, petty. Since we reach, since we're talking about him, um, Jason Momoa has engaged in talks to play Lobo uh, for either a in Superman Legacy or possibly a standalone film. He'd be a great fit. Oh, he'd be a fantastic fit. Yeah. Like he, that's his personality. He would just need to. He would just need to basically be Aquaman. Be, be gray. Yeah. Yeah. He would just need body paint. Yep. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm totally on board for that. And on top of that, uh, just since we're on that, none of the Justice League stars from the DCEU will return to reprise their roles in James Gunn's DCEU. Not even Gal Gadot. Nothing. Hmm. Yep. I know. Pretty shocking, really. That yeah, that surprises me a little bit actually. Um, but also, 1984 was not good, so no. I guess it shouldn't surprise me too much. No, we did review that. Yeah, it was not good. No. Um, the the so... memes that came out of that movie were way better than the movie itself, <laughs> which is yep. never what you want. No, but doesn't that mean that it should be released in theaters again? Isn't that what that usually means? <laughs> no! No! I mean... Morbius, they were a can, success, can right? We just shame movies into being re-released. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last bit of news that I thought was really interesting and just something that uh, I know we would enjoy is the Across the Spider-Verse ending um, with Hate the it. spot returning and, and Gwen reuniting the Spider-People. That was added six weeks before the film was finished. So that's after test audiences? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <gasps> so that's that's pretty impressive. I, I thought that was interesting. I was like, okay. Huh. To have done that in six weeks is impressive, but I still don't like it. Oh, yeah. I know you hated the, the cliffhanger. I hate it, dude. I hate it when movies just stop. <laughs> they knew what um, they were doing, and they did it well. For real. Um, I very briefly did have one thing. I tagged the show in it on Twitter. Oh. Um, from Rotten Tomatoes, Marvel Studios has let go of the writers and directors of Daredevil Born Again uh, as yes. the series heads for a, quote, significant creative reboot, end quote. Mm-hmm. Calling that a problem is underselling it. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which not good. I had mentioned, I think, a few we, a few episodes. But actually, it may have been before we even started recording um, when we were on our break. But they had completely removed Daredevil from their lineup, their official mm-hmm. lineup. You know, that was their release schedule. Yeah, they completely removed it, which was a sign even then that it was like, okay, something's is, not right. Yeah, they're either reworking it or something really bad has happened. And obviously uh-huh. something really... B- well, I mean, y- you gotta think, like, do you think that was because of the fans? Like, getting so upset about the whole ordeal that they were like, ooh, maybe we shouldn't do this? Potentially. Um, I think it could also be, and this would be... I think this would be an incredible mistake on the part of Disney and, and the Marvel people. But they could view it as a casualty in the sense of our stuff has fallen off. Mm. We have to start cutting things. So we could cut the one thing everyone's actually excited about. Hmm. I hope that doesn't happen because, again, it's the one thing (laughs) that I'm excited about. Although I saw another article that some of the writing apparently had been released, like the plan for the show, and it involved Matt Murdock not being Daredevil all that much, and that he actually doesn't show up as Daredevil until episode four, I believe. It was a very court-heavy show. We have She-Hulk. We don't need another procedural lawyer show. Right. I thought the same thing. Yeah. And and I don't know how true that source was. Give us what we want, which is Netflix Daredevil Season 4. Yeah. Give us TVMA. Yeah. 
and let stuff hit the fan. Yeah. And if you're that scared about your younger population getting their hands on it, put it on a streaming service that you know they're not on very much, like Hulu. Like, make it... Shots fired. Well, put it put it on... Because, I mean, my kids don't watch Hulu. Like, no, you're, not you're a... completely right. It's just, man, one of the, one of the streaming OGs. Like, put it, put it there so that, like, your adult, you know, your adults are going to find it there. Yeah. You know? I don't know. They, you know what they need is to ask us. But... Oh, that's true. <laughs> that would be, could you imagine, like, if we actually got that email of, like, hey, this is, you know, so-and-so-and-so-and-so, we were wanting your opinion on this, I'd, I'd freak out, man. I would squeal like a little girl, and <laughs> then I would... Probably, I might even faint just being like, is this really happening right now? For real, yeah. So, Disney, if you want to get in touch with us, <laughs> and I highly, highly recommend that you do so, you can email us, they didn't ask us at gmail.com. If you want to reach out to the show on Twitter, you can reach out to us on uh, TDAU underscore pod. You can also follow John, Mueller 8332 And then you can mm-hmm. also follow me, the nerd is underscore in. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, our our uh, tags or our, our handles, excuse me, are down below us. But uh, yeah, so please reach out to us, Disney. We're looking at you right now. And mm-hmm. uh, we will uh, get this train back on the track. I promise you. It literally could not go worse. That is that is very accurate. <laughs> did you know they released a movie called Elemental that no one saw? Yeah, I did, I did hear about that. Yeah, who'd have thunk? Huh. If only they had asked us. Well, Pixar, you know. That I that may have been the thing that they were like, okay, maybe we need to get back to basics. Yeah, they're getting too conceptual. They are. But also, still make Inside Out 2, I need it. Yeah, uh, that was something that I saw and I forgot to put on the lineup. We are actually getting a trailer for that next month. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yeah. That is that is a movie you could theoretically make endlessly. You could. Because they're just different people. Right. They're different people's emotions, every movie. Yeah. So I liked your idea, conceptually your idea that you had for, for the sequel, making it uh, Riley is the parent now. Isn't mm-hmm. that what you said? That sounds like something I would say, but I'll, like it's the same character in a different phase of life. I don't know if, if you want to go straight to her being a parent or if you wanted to go to like college, college or, or yeah. young adult. College is an inherently stressful time, so I think the that field is ripe to be harvested. Yeah. Of like this is somebody's <laughs> emotional state when they're in college. Would you would you would you show the emotions like during um experimental times of college, if you catch my drift? Oh gosh. Um like what would what would happen? Do, do you think they would show that in a Disney movie? Because that seems like a very funny scene. <laughs> I don't think they would, but I think they should because that goes back to kind of the kind of like the Shrek argument, right? Where it's an animated movie, it's for kids, but so but much there's... of Shrek is for adults. Right. But they hide it so well. Yeah, you can't really hide that con like what you're talking about. You can't really hide that well. It's very direct. Yeah, right. But Culturally, Shrek has so much staying power, it's very relevant somehow still to this day um, because it it has so much more rewatchability than the stereotypical this is exclusively for children movie. Mm -hmm. So I think 
Do I think they would? No. Do I think they should? Yes. And in a perfect world, that is something you would find on a disc copy of a movie. Mm. You would find the, this is the, you remember, do you remember when, uh, you remember when like the, the early and mid two thousands, there were all those like PG 13 action movies. And then it was like, oh, we're going to release this on DVD with the unrated cut. Oh yeah. And it was just like gratuitous violence. Uh huh. Because it was like, we're not putting this past the censors, but we recorded it. So we want you to see it. Yeah. That's that's the type of thing that you would do. Yeah. Is like this is the this is the bonus cut or whatever. Well, you would come up with something better to name it, obviously. But like Inside Out goes to college, or or it would be like a short of like she's walking past a drum circle on the quad or whatever <laughs> whatever is at the college she's at, and she's just like trying to process it, and then you see those people's um yeah emotional state right, and it is just hazy uh-huh. in that in that control room they're just like it is it is a fog machine oh they've got to do something oh my gosh that would be so funny ah oh. <laughs> and then joy afterwards like joy just like wanting to eat everything <laughs> and <laughs> yeah and sad like maybe even like 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 showing a little bit of a smile or anger like his flame like completely goes oh, out they are all they are all completely different emotions in that moment yeah maybe even they switch like their colors switch and uh-huh and so, oh my gosh this is like this is gold right disney <laughs> what what the what are you waiting for man Come for on. real that's actually like that's a genuinely good concept yeah man Phew. I'm telling you, we well, could be thousand heirs. <laughs> we, I'm like, I mean, with all the ideas we've had, uh, I mean, at this point, all the thousands of dollars would have added up. We'd have like 50. <laughs> We'd have like tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, enough of that. Let's, let's jump in. Uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. All right. So this is the season finale. I think there are still rumors of a potential season two. Yeah. Even yeah. again with the the unfortunate passing of Ray Stevenson. Oh man, that is unfortunate. Surely so, episode they... eight. So you know, sorry. Before we get into that, so that's going to be a huge deciding. Like, so for those that don't know, we we've talked a little bit about the the writer strike, and they got mm-hmm. that all worked out. Well, now the the actors have also been going on strike, and one of the things that they've been upset about or talking about is their likeness being used even after they've passed away meaning like putting their face onto somebody else's face right uh kind of like what they did with like leia or in tarkin tarkin yeah exactly um so that's kind of that's one of the things they're debating right now is like what does that actually look like so yeah so what that's what's decided with that or what contract um ray stevenson signed is kind of going to decide what happens going forward as far as like is it going to be just a actor who looks very similar to him or are they going to digitally put his face onto somebody else conceptually i know it comes down to his contract what they can and can't do but in terms of execution, if he's still going to be a major character, which I think he should, because his character is fascinating. Absolutely. You recast. Yes. 
I agree. So that way you're not also having to digitally change all of the audio as well. Well, that's a lot of money, yeah. you know, that you're having. So I agree with you. I, I say like finding somebody because you can, I mean, he has a very distinct look. So like, obviously you're not going to be able to copy it to a T, but you know, you're going to be able to get relatively close and then just have them, you know, try their voice out, you know, type of thing and try to get as yeah. close as possible. I'm going to be honest with you, Jay. I've already seen a fan casting that I love. Oh, really? Liev Schreiber. I'm drawing a blank. Help me. Uh, in the in the bad X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, he was right. Sabretooth. Oh. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. Uh-huh. That could work, honestly. You could pull and, it off. Um, I would be completely okay if he like even just like used his own accent and everything. Like that yeah. would not that would not bother me in the slightest. Yeah. Huh. The the fan casting is right. It's it's to me the same level of of elite fan casting that Sebastian Stan would have been as young Luke Skywalker. Yes, I agree. So, again, it's too good. It won't happen. Um, but that is exact. That's the fr- I would have already called him. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Part 8. The Jedi, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I sorry, and the Warlord. The, <laughs> <laughs> I, the Lion, I made the that, Witch, and the... I mean, the... the <laughs> I made that reference immediately, and Meg was sitting on the other side of the couch, and she looked up, and she was like, this isn't that. And I was like, you are correct, it is not. <laughs> um, the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord is the actual title. I loved the title, it was great. Um, to confront the Jedi, Morgan Elsbeth is gifted Mother Talzin's sword by the Great Mothers, while Ezra constructs a new lightsaber using spare parts from his late master, Kanan Jarrus. That was cool. After their ship is damaged by a fighter attack, Ahsoka, Sabine, and Ezra make their way on foot to the Chimera, which has docked with the Eye of Sion. They are confronted by Elsbeth and the Night Troopers, whom the Great Mothers keep resurrecting after they are killed. Ren uses the Force to help Ezra jump onto the Chimera, then she stays behind to help Ahsoka, who kills Elsbeth. The Eye of Sion jumps to hyperspace, leaving Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hu Yang stranded on Peridia. As Thrawn and the Great Mothers arrive over Dathomir, Ezra escapes and reunites with Hera and Chopper. Ahsoka, Sabine, and Hu Yang join the Noti and make their new home on Peridia, watched over by Anakin's spirit. Shin Hati joins the bandits, while Balin's skull is guided to a mountain by a statue of the Mortis gods. Oh, man, that was so cool. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. So, again, and... more so with this episode than any episode other than the World Between Worlds episode. If you have not watched the Star Wars animated shows, shows plural this time, yeah, meaning Clone Wars and Rebels, right? so much of this episode is going to make absolutely zero sense. Yeah. Or, and, I, and I'll, I will push back on that a little bit, because I do have a friend of mine who has not watched... They have watched small bits and pieces of it. They have not watched the, the, the whole thing in its entirety. And even he was talking about how good this episode was. And of course he didn't know about the statues at the end. Yeah. And he did. He did say, he did ask me, he was like, so those statues, 
at the end meant that something that meant something right yeah and i was like yes it did and i told him what it was and he was like wow that makes it so much cooler he already enjoyed it it yeah. just that added a whole other layer to it so i but i am right there with john saying if you haven't seen it i highly recommend watching it yeah so and they're they're all available on disc by the way i look at them at mckay's every time i go and they're always just a little bit too expensive for me to be like, I'm going to pull the trigger on this. They're always just a little bit. That's fair. A little bit too much. That's fair. They're so good. That's why they're so expensive. Yeah. And they probably will continue to be expensive for the rest of time <laughs> because You're they are wrong. good. Um, yeah. There's so much about this episode that I very much enjoyed. The, Although the... I have to say, I have I have one bone to pick with uh, how the, the night troopers kept getting resurrected. And it's a problem I have with, like, all zombie IP forever. Why don't you cut their legs off? Mm. You have lightsabers. The three of you have four lightsabers total. That's true. What are we doing? They cannot climb stairs rapidly uh-huh. <laughs> if they are Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That is a but, very good point. But man, what a cool concept and, and something that has been done in a in a uh, a Legends uh, book. Um, so the fact that they did it in the movie or in the show rather uh, was mm-hmm. really cool. Where they were able to bring that into canon, that was fun. Yeah, I feel like that's been that's been Filoni's long play since Rebels. Yeah. Is like, I'm going to start canonizing things here. I agree. Yeah. And I know we're going to get to this point. Yep. And I I still think that Starkiller is in his back pocket. And it's just a matter of time before he plays that card. I hope so. That would be, I mean, it, it would be fan service. I, I'm not going to say anything that to, to contradict oh, that. But that... It'd, be, it'd be so good. That above everything else to me would be fan service. Like you could not get more fan service than that. <laughs> yeah. Cause fans have literally been asking for that since the beginning, you know, ever since they knew that new star Wars stuff was going to be coming out, they were like, please bring in star killer. Yeah. So do you think, do you think the, the respawn star Wars games are technically Canon? Oh yeah. They've got to be. So then what if star killer shows up in the third one? I mean, I would be okay with that. Yeah, I would be. That would be fine. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, um, and then and then bring both of those characters to Ahsoka, live action somehow. Yeah, yeah, they could do it. Oh, I'd be I'd be completely down. I mean, both of those actors. I mean, you've seen like the behind the scenes footage for those video games, and so the the actors are there acting out the movements and everything, so they would know how to do it all. I mean, it would it would be super easy to put them into the show. Well, I mean, I'm not a hundred. I could look this up, but again, I'm not going to do that. Um, Star Killer is voiced by Sam Witwer, right? Mm-hmm. Who is at this point like one of the legendary Star Wars voice actors, mm-hmm. at least of of recent history. Yeah, he voiced Maul, animated Maul, mm-hmm. um, and then among other characters. Yeah, I think but he most, did some most other stuff Maul. too. Most um, notably Maul. And then he also, as far as live action acting ability, he was um, in Smallville years ago. Huh. So he, I mean, he can definitely do it. I mean, I, I think he would be down, you know. He seems to yeah. be on board and he, 
he's really interesting. I've watched interviews with him recently of him talking on podcasts and stuff about the current state of Star Wars. And even he has said, like, he even he has said, oh, Disney, like, essentially, not verbatim, but he's essentially said, oh, yeah, Disney, when they made those movies, they, they totally disrupted what Star Wars is. He was like, that was not yeah. Luke. He's like, Luke wouldn't have done any of those things. He was like, yeah. that was... That was not Star Wars. So he's spoken out against it, too. So I know he would be on board with what Filoni's doing. Yeah. And speaking of things you know people can pull off, um, let's talk about some of these, like, Morgan, Elsbeth, and Ahsoka fight scenes. <laughs> right, yeah. Because people, people have been waiting for a Morgan, Elsbeth fight scene since her appearance on The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this until reading up on Ahsoka, do you know who her godfather was? No. Her godfather was Bruce Lee. Really? Her her dad is one of the is one of his students at like the the martial art forum. I think he created, studied, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So before he like I think she knew Bruce Lee and like studied under him and or not studied wow. under him. I don't think she's quite that old, but like she studied what he did wow. with her dad who did study under him. That's incredible. So it was it was a waiting game of like she's gonna get a fight scene right, mm-hmm. and I loved I loved the the sword of Talzin and the fights with Ahsoka like it worked yeah it's it did. so worked I hated that they that she got one of the sabers though that made me a little bit miffed yeah yeah I didn't like that either but especially it... after they they destroyed the dark saber in the Mandalorian not a fan mm. some of these things gotta live. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward, though, as far... I mean, there's so many questions that have been, you know... It's definitely one of those shows that it, it ended, and there were more questions at the end than there were answers. But they were good questions. Oh, they were great which questions. Which is it's what we were hoping for. It's not like a, whose idea was that? Like, that's <laughs> that's what we were afraid of, right? Right. So even as it even as it hits credits on on still again what I hope is season one and not the show mm-hmm. in general um, I have not had something end wanting more than this show in a very long time mm-hmm. like as soon as this thing hit credits I was just like man yeah no I'm right there even with if you. we get a season two it's gonna be like three years mm-hmm. like I don't I don't think I have felt this much. Um, like edge of my seat, like not wanting, like looking at the time, you know, and being mm-hmm. like, oh man, there's only a few minutes left. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Like, I haven't felt that. Honestly, I want to say since like Arrow on CW. I think that's fair. Years and years ago when we were in college. Like, ah, I can't think of anything since then that had me that like, oh man, what's going to happen? And then it end and then actually be like, man, I am so ready for the fall so that the show can start back up. I I think the last time that I truly felt something like this was probably Endgame up until Tony's snap. Okay. Where it's just like, it's building, it's building, it's building, it's building. I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to see it. Hmm. So I guess it, it, in terms of the, I need more of this immediately, it would be Infinity War. Okay. Okay. That's fair. And that's, that's a big, that's a big production. So are you saying that those are comparable for you? Like that's how, that's how for much my of emotional investment. Yes. Okay. Wow. In terms of emotional investment, it is there. 
they're equal, but because it's so much less just raw time mm. invested in purely the live action Star Wars, if you count all the animated Star Wars, like, whew, um, it's in terms of like per hour investment, Ahsoka is so much higher than the MCU. Okay. But in mm. terms of like TV, what I need to see more of, I mean, it would have to be when uh, they killed Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, I didn't think about Game of Thrones. Okay. Cuz that's that to me is like one of the best season finales. The show just like the episode just essentially stops right there. Yeah. Which is also the way that that book ends and it's just like what are we doing, man? Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. That's a horrible ending, but it's such a great ending. Huh. Okay. Fair. Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, as far as like you know, question as far as like where, where we're going from here, you know, um, for me anyway, you might have a completely different set of opinions as far as like what's going to happen next. But from here, I mean, obviously, um, what is happening on the, and I can't even remember the planet that, uh, Ahsoka and everybody is stuck on right now. Peridia. Yes. Yeah. So obviously kind of like what we had been thinking, this planet is going to play a very big role. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised if over half of whatever comes next season, movie, whatever, um, over half of that season is probably going to take place on this planet. I would think I would agree. Um, Um, and a lot of it is just going to be whatever, uh, Lord Balin is doing. I hope so. Honestly, it's the most compelling story. Yeah. Even more than Ahsoka and Sabine. Cause that's just like, Oh, they're just going to do what Ezra did. That's, you know, ho hum. Uh-huh. Um, I will say, and this is, this is more for you and the benefit of the other, like diehard star Wars nerds who, who are in our audience. Um, part of the script, like the, the carvings on the, the obelisk, the tower where the great mothers were mm-hmm. was, uh, Zepho writing. Okay, yeah. And um, I I still haven't finished uh, Jedi Survivor, but in terms of Fallen Order, the Zepho play a huge, huge part in that game and that kind of world building right. of at least, the, I guess, the skill tree of yeah. that game. And knowing that the Zepho were on Peridia, and then they were also on Dathomir, and then they were also on, you know, scattered around the planets that you go to in the game, there are other ways to travel. Other yeah. than the Eye of Scion and probably something other than Purgle, because they pieced out. They are gone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So it's going to be a matter of finding that key. What's what's the gate that allows you to do that? Stargate. Yeah, and I think... No, it's all connected. <laughs> that's it. We figured it out. <laughs> we did it. Oh, my gosh. That's... Stargate SG-1. Man. That's how it's going to happen. But it's all, isn't that, isn't Jason Momoa also in Stargate? I believe so. Man, that's going to be weird. <laughs> because I would imagine Star Wars exists in, I know it exists in MCU because they reference it, like Spider-Man references it in Civil War. Uh-huh. So you have to, it's, it's a logical jump that it exists in the DC universe as well. They just don't have the rights to it, so they can't mention it. Right. That man, that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's, that would be the, that would be the chief conflict of season two though would be Balin finds it first and he's mm-hmm. not going to share because he doesn't want them to go back. He doesn't want anyone to go back. He wants to build new. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, even if they go back, he's probably not going to go anywhere. He's going to stay right there. Yeah. I wouldn't expect him to. Yeah. So 
I don't know. It's going to be interesting because they've already alluded to Ahsoka being the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's going to be who's going to be the son and who's going to be the father. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ahsoka has been alluded to as the daughter since the Mortis arc in Clone Wars. Yeah. And, I mean, they finally showed the owl in this episode, but I feel like it had been alluded to somewhat frequently, at least in in the early show and in later later arcs of Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. No, it was in the the World Between Worlds in Rebels Season 4. The owl was there. Yeah. That's what it was. Anyway, um, disappointments of this episode? Where was Zeb? Not there. He does not show up in the entire show. No, he doesn't. We know he exists. They showed him in The Mandalorian. And I'm sure... What's the deal? I'm sure... You know, you said it, actually, at the beginning, is you said, I wouldn't be surprised if the series ends and Zeb sees... Uh, you know, comes in and, and his friends have returned and he's like, everybody's here. And then he's like, oh, wait a second. If if you're here, then that also mm-hmm. means and then he connects the dots. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the next season, maybe even the first episode. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, that's got to be like, how the Ezra, first episode starts is Hera going to everybody, bringing like going to the committee that was trying to take her command away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah bringing yeah. Ezra with her and goes, we have a problem. Yeah. And she, you know, I could see her just being like, go ahead, tell them, tell them all about it. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, they're going to Dathomir. They're going to make an undead army. Uh, y'all we're, we're in trouble. Yeah. And Ahsoka is stuck on another uh, un- galaxy. Do you think they're, like, walking down the road of retconning the sequel trilogy? I, I really... Because that would be bold. I mean, I, I don't. I really don't. Um, but, and in, in you and I have talked about it extensively, so we won't dive too much more into this, but, you know, we've talked about how, like, you've got 30 years to play with. Mm-hmm. A lot can happen in 30 years, you know? Think about the Another 30 war. years, think about the 30 years that you have been alive, and, <sighs> I know, I'm sorry I wish I hurt. wouldn't. Sorry. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. Um, but like, think about the 30 years you've been alive and how much things have changed in 30 years. So there's a lot that can happen in 30 years, but at the same time, there are still echoes of what has happened through those 30 years that play into today. And so to say that there is nothing from this time period that echoes into the new trilogy, it's kind of hard to believe. It's kind of hard to believe. And so that's why I still really think that their goal is just going to be, we've got to get Thrawn either dead or back to where he was before so that he's not a problem anymore. Okay. Huh. And so if they're able to do that relatively fast and then we carry on because you have this whole thing going on with Balin. Like, I I really do think that the draw is still going to be, let's go back to this other galaxy. I don't think, I I really don't think that things are going to stay in the Skywalker galaxy. From a purely creative standpoint, I hope they don't, because you get so much more freedom to to create things and make new people and... Whole new thing. Yeah. So, creatively, I I hope a lot stays in the new galaxy for sure. Yeah. I do too. And and I really do think, you know, this might even just be like 
this is the birthplace of the force type of thing. And so there's a whole lot to explore with that. I really think that that's the direction that all of this is headed. And so the idea of having movies set in this new galaxy makes complete sense because now you're going to be able to, you're going to have to name it something else. You know, they could still name it. A galaxy even farther away. (laughs) A long time ago in in an other galaxy, in another galaxy far, far away. (laughs) Oh, man, that would be... I mean, that's what you do. That's what I would do. A long time ago in this other galaxy that's not the the main one, you know, that you know so well, change the text color. (laughs) It's like the... uh, it's like the Monty Python opening credits where it ends up and it's just like really upbeat and there's flashing lights and it's like <laughs> there's weird music yeah, going like to sp- it. <laughs> yeah. It's like Spanish music in the background. <laughs> just maracas going around. Man, that would that would be a trip. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's something that I feel is if they're smart, in my opinion. Which if, the jury is out. Yeah. If they're smart, I think that's the direction they would go. Because, like we said, when this all first started, they, they've they messed up. They messed up. Mm-hmm. And I think that they realize that they have messed up. And so they're trying everything. that Because they, they, they spent a lot of money to get this property. And it is not doing at all what they thought it would. And so they're just going to try everything that they can to get this thing alive again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was a this was more than one giant step in the right direction. Oh, yes. It's th- this is what we needed it to be. It is and I still say those that are hating on it um cuz there are still a number of people that are just they they can't stand it. They tear it apart every single episode. Those people, I really just hate, think hate that- fun. <laughs> I think that's fair too, but they also they just they just don't understand these characters because they've never I don't know I want to the word that I want to well, the phrase that I want to say is they're not true Star Wars fans but I know that there are those that are not gonna like it at all and that's fine but yeah. I think that I really just think it's that they just don't know anything about the characters they have no pre existing ideas of who the characters are so they just don't understand yeah I, I agree with that. But anyway, so big question though, better than Andor? Um, well, Jay, considering I still have yet to finish Andor, <laughs> then uh, yes, it's a pretty it's a pretty decisive answer. <laughs> I and and I have to say I think it's better than Andor, and I've watched Andor. Um, and you and you I, enjoy Andor quite a bit. I did. I loved it. I still think it's very good. Uh, it's but it's definitely a very close second. Ooh. Yeah, I'm about to say this being good does not make that bad. Like no. that is some flawed internet argument logic. Yes, yes. So I would put Ahsoka at the top, and Andor is a very like it is right there, a hair behind Ahsoka. Okay, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I haven't seen Andor, so yeah, I, I very aggressively do not have an opinion. But shall we jump into our movie reviews? On to our mystery reviews. Oh man, I'm so excited! So what did uh, do? Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? What, sure. what do you want to do? I'll go first. Okay. Um. So I am going to be reviewing the Tuesday night movie that we watched this week. Um. For those of you who may not know, during COVID, my friends and I started watching move, going to the movie theater on Tuesday nights. 
because they had old movies for $5 a ticket. Um, and once movies started coming back out and movies were no longer $5 a ticket, uh, we just started watching movies at their house. And we would pick a category. We would all pick a movie inside of that category. And then when we got done with that, we would pick a new category. So this is the last movie in the entry of underappreciated Disney movies. Okay. Underappreciated Disney movies. And it was... Atlantis, The Lost oh, Empire. Oh, yes. What a great... I, I call this... I know it's not, an, it's not a John original. Other people call it this as well. Um, so Atlantis came out in 2001 in an era that I would call kind of Disney's forgotten era mm. because the other things that came out around this time, um, so 2000 was Emperor's New Groove, which is uh. no longer slept on, but it's like for years it was uh -huh. for years. People slept on Emperor's New Groove. Um, 2001 was Atlantis. 2002 was Treasure Planet. People are still sleeping on Treasure Planet. It is yeah. excellent. Yeah. Uh, 2002 was also Lilo and Stitch. 2003 Ooh. was Brother Bear. Like, it's just a bunch of movies that people, it out of sight, out of mind, almost. Yeah. Like, uh, Chicken Little was 2005. I think that was a Disney movie. I don't know. Pretty sure looks it was. Like, it looks like a Disney movie. And I liked it. Tarzan was 1999. Like, the that era of, like, okay. late 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. People just kind of, like, they're almost Disney movies that don't really exist. Like, it's, it's a Mandela effect where those didn't happen. Mm. But they did. Um, they did. They need love, so, too. So, yeah. Uh, the summary of the movie is uh, set in 1914, so right before World War One. young linguist orphan Milo Thatch, which, whew, what a way to go, uh, buries himself in books trying to unlock the secret to the destruction of Atlantis. Although his theories are ridiculed by his colleagues, he is persistent in his dreams of one day discovering the lost city. His dreams are realized when he is given a spot in an expedition financed by a friend of his late grandfather to go in search of Atlantis following the Shepherd's Journal. But the guardians of Atlantis await the explorers, putting them in danger at every turn. The deadly truth about Atlantis's demise puts Milo, Atlantis's royal family, and the rest of Atlantis in mortal jeopardy. Uh, really, the only voice actor of note in the entire movie is uh, Michael J. Fox, plays yep. Milo. Everyone else, it's a lot of like, I know that voice, but I don't know from where. Um, and I looked up some of their IMDb pages, and I still don't know where. But I know I know these voices. Um, it is... It's not a long movie. Mm -hmm. I thought this page showed it's it. It's like, what, an hour and a it, half? Maybe. I'll go to Wikipedia and blind myself again. It is 96 minutes. Um, so the pacing of it, kind of in, in a movie that length, has to be good. And by and large, it is. Um, so it, it things happen at a fairly consistent rate. It's easy to keep up with. The only thing that I don't really love is, uh, believe it or not, some of the some of the crew uh, betray Milo's altruistic ambitions of this being a research trip, and they try to just hijack everything. Mm. Um, and kind of with the same the same criticism I had of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie, it like the the villains mind like the the lackeys mind, I guess the so like the engineer, the digger, right, the doctor, like all of those people. Their minds were changed by a conversation and the power of friendship. Like, that's kind of <laughs> lame. 
Yeah. Uh, but it, it's le- it's more subtle in this movie than it was in the Ninja Turtles one, so I kind of looked past it. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's, again, 96 minutes. It's an easy watch. Just yeah. carve out, you know, an hour and a half of time, turn it on, and kind of get lost in it. I feel like yep. the way they the way they created uh, Atlantis and Atlantean culture is really cool. Yeah. And, you know, the, the idea that Milo has spent his life dedicated to to this conceptually, not even I mean, he was sure it existed in that way that like Chicken Little was sure the sky was falling. <laughs> just to again reference what I just saw. Um he was when he got to Atlantis, he was reading glyphs and carvings, and he was amazing the Atlantean who was with him because their language had been lost to history even amongst them. Yeah. That's a that's really cool that he came in as and like saved the culture. Yeah. So like I think I think that's really cool showing that like he he was there and had something to add because I feel like you just see a lot of movies like this and you get kind of that Indiana Jones like it belongs in a museum like it's just that raw action adventure movie and it's like there's a there's a, a tiny teeny tiny bit more depth to this yeah um it has a forty nine on Rotten Tomatoes and I don't love that mm. um I feel like. Critically, sure, there are probably things that you could pick apart with it. Uh, the average person is not a critic, and they're watching, is this fun? Yes, mm. it is fun. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the the out of 10, I would say it's probably a strong 7. Of, of the movies that I referenced earlier in that era, it is not Emperor's New Groove. It is not Treasure Planet. Um, those are, those are going to be clearly better than this, I would say. Hmm. But it is still, it is very, very serviceable. That's good. So uh, you you would recommend a watch then? I would. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. Okay, I have to agree because <laughs> I have seen this before on several occasions. Um, it was one. It was I could honestly say as a kid, it was one of my more favorite movies. I believe it. Um, one of those movies that like it it has. I liked it because it has a clear beginning and a clear ending. Absolutely. And there doesn't need to be any more, you know? It was like, wraps up perfectly with a bow. Now, there was a sequel. Um, I didn't see the sequel. It was one of those straight-to-video sequels. Right. Um, But uh, it didn't need one because it ends perfectly and... And it's a happy ending. So, yeah. but all around tight, tied up in a nice little bow. My favorite character is Mole. I did not like Mole. I liked I like Mole when he, was he way when he, too over the top when he first gets there and he lays down on his bed and he lays on the dirt mm-hmm. and he gets really upset and then he he grabs a piece of dirt from his fingernail and like looks at it under a microscope and is able to tell everything about Milo Thatch and then licks it. And he's like a linguist. <laughs> and he's that, like, I did laugh at that. That was funny. And he was like, well, how did, how did you know? <laughs> that was, that was funny that, yeah, that's a fun movie. Well, fine. That's awesome that you, you, that you watched that and reviewed that. Yeah. What a fun, what a fun era of movies like Lilo and stitch. That is like still one of my favorite movies. 
I haven't seen it in entirely too long. And the fact that they're making a live action to that movie just makes yeah, what me could go really wrong? upset. <laughs> yeah. When was the last Disney live action that was good? Uh, Beauty and the Beast, which was, and I even think... even that was fine. And even that, I, I think that was like one of their first ones, too. From uh-huh. there, it's all just been terrible. <laughs> yeah, I would not disagree with that. <laughs> And, and like you said, it wasn't even like it was that great. It was just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it it wasn't good. It was not bad. It was not. Yeah. Those are not the same. No. No. Huh. Okay. So where would you put it as far as like, wait, did I miss it? Did you do a number rating? I did a, a seven. It's a solid a, seven. A seven. Okay. I, I, I thought you were about seven. to make me rank it in like Disney rankings. I was like, Jay, they've been making feature length a- <laughs> films for a hundred years. Yeah. Don't make me do this. Yeah, that was in that era of, like, the last animated film, fully animated, like, hand, hand-drawn hand film, I want to say was uh, Princess and the Frog, I believe. See, we have not fact-checked so many things, but that I want to know. And you are correct. Princess and the Frog is the last hand-drawn Disney film in 2009. That's so sad, because that, to me, I love that style. They're just different. Yeah. Well, they're, 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 and this sounds weird saying it, but they're pretty. Like, they're very, they're very beautiful movies. Like, usually it's those movies that have, like, like the, the sunset or the sunrise or like a, you know, like a, like Princess Frog, like the, when they had, like, the, the, the blues fest and whatever going on around town, like, there was, it was pretty like it was yeah it was art so yeah i i miss that they need to bring that back hey disney <laughs> since you're already listening right <laughs> <laughs> taking our advice from before we have more to offer now Ooh, all right well very good all right so what did you uh what did you end up picking for our what uh, did mystery I... review episode oh man so like i said i wanted to start sharing movies that i thought were either movies that really influenced me and kind of my movie taste growing up or ones that I feel like are just pieces of of film that really need to be watched. Um, so, so you and your son watched Alien. Yeah, uh, we'll, work, <laughs> we'll work our way up to that. Um, oh my gosh. But also with it being close to Halloween, I was like, and he had been re-watching Stranger Things. And he had said to me, hey, Dad, I started noticing that watching Stranger Things doesn't have the same effect as it did, like, when I first watched it, you know, where it had, like, that that anticipation, like, that scare of, like, what's going to mm-hmm. happen next. And I was like, I got just the movie for you. We're going to watch a movie tonight. And we watched 2005's War of the Worlds. Ooh. So this is a movie that stars Tom Cruise. It and was directed Dakota by St- Dakota Fanning. Yep. Okay. It was directed by Steven Spielberg and it was written. I just looked it up and I can't remember now. It was written by Josh Friedman, who also did uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Um, this is a movie that a lot of people don't enjoy. There is definitely a big 
uh, hatred for this movie. I, on the other hand, I remember seeing this in theaters and I loved it. I was like, this is great. Um, and I can see why it was during that era that I believe it was shortly, it was either shortly after this or shortly or right before this was released that Tom Cruise came out and was talking about his Scientology stuff. Was that, was that the Oprah era? Yes. And so I think a lot of people started hating on this movie because of that. So they were like, okay, so you just did like you you basically believe in this stuff. Like you think that this is real stuff and it's not battlefield earth. Like golly. Yeah. It's H it's H G Wells. It is science fiction. Like it is. It's, it's not sh- royalty, but like it's, it's, it's in the conversation. Science, science fiction. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of history to it as well. Cause war of the worlds, if you don't know, it's H G Wells. And originally it was released as a radio program Mm -hmm. and it when it was released there were people that literally thought that there was an alien invasion taking place because that was orson wells right no relation yeah orson wells was doing the radio show Mm -hmm. and he it was never specified this is fiction right it was portrayed in a way to where it was genuinely what was happening yeah and so people were freaking out they were running outside because they thought that these invaders were coming from the sky and it's it's great um but so this movie is very different whereas the the radio broadcast the original broadcast of it had the aliens coming from space coming down out of the sky this one the aliens come up from under the ground Um, and how it starts is, is there's this really bad lightning storm that takes place and the aliens actually ride the lightning and they, and they go down into these machines that were buried under the earth thousands of years ago in anticipation of eventually invading this world. Um, so it's very fascinating. It's very different. Um, but, uh, the general understanding of this movie i mean it's an alien invasion movie so it's it's not too hard to understand but an alien invasion threatens the future of humanity the catastrophic nightmare is depicted through the eyes of one american family fighting for survival um and uh you know the family is not all together there at the beginning you know there's a lot of uh fighting and just you know kind of bickering going on with each other uh tom cruise is not the best dad in the world <laughs> uh a, a, a very absent father and uh so any he, he he seems like he's trying but you're kind of like are you though like yeah. have you really been trying that hard or is it just recently that you're trying to turn things around um but uh but yeah so one of the things that i really enjoyed about this movie um was the ending so normally with an alien invasion movie um sorry that's just a really passive aggressive thing to say about a movie no i liked that it was over (laughs) i Um, I liked when it stopped i liked the way that they (laughs) that the aliens are defeated so normally in these alien type movies uh, any kind of invasion movie, they have to, you know, the typical, they have to find the mothership, you know, think of like Independence Day. They have to mm-hmm. find the mothership. They go in, they have to destroy that. Once they destroy that, all the other ones shut down and it's all okay. Well, this one was different and that nobody had to do anything. 
because, it, in my opinion, they defeat the aliens, and if if aliens were real, and if aliens actually invaded Earth, this is exactly how we would win, and that's that we have been living on this Earth for a very, very long time, thousands and thousands of years, and over that time, we have developed immunities to all of the different various uh, viruses and things yep. over time. And so basically we have earned our right to live on this planet. Whereas if an alien force came to this planet, they have never been in this environment before and they would be attacked by every virus, every common cold, everything that exists in our planet would it attack them at the same time and they would die from lack of immunity. Do you want to know the thought that I just had when you were explaining the ending of that movie? What? Do you think Superman had to be homeschooled <laughs> because he couldn't get vaccines because the needle couldn't get into his arm? Oh, so that's he a good go question. To, like, public schools? Hmm. Or did they have a doctor who would like falsify his immunity records? Yeah. Because then he wouldn't be able to go to college either. And he went to college because he got a degree to go work as a journalist. You're right. Maybe they got like religious exemption. Mm. Could have done something like that. Yeah. Or he was homeschooled, like you said. <laughs> yeah. And he got his GED and he got used his GED to get into college. I don't know. I have no idea. That's just the thought that popped into my head. And then even for college, he did online mm -hmm. so that he never actually had to go on campus. Yeah. There you go. That's actually, that's a really good question. But yeah, so that's what I love about this movie. I love the, because right when you think, oh my, because... There's, uh, and it just, the other thing about this movie is it just shows the pure animalistic instincts that kick in in people when things really get tough, when society starts breaking apart at its seams and there's like, everything is shut down. People lose their minds. And this movie, I think, does a really good job of depicting that and showing exactly how it would be. Um, but there's the scene where Tom Cruise and his daughter, uh, I should probably use what his actual name, the character's actual name is, just so we can, uh, Ray. Ray and his daughter, Rachel, played by Dakota Fanning. So what? they Ray named his daughter Rachel Rachel. Uh huh. There you go. That's the most Tom Cruise thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right. He was born for this part. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, so they uh, at one part like they they have nowhere else to go, and there's this one guy in this random house uh, somewhere off you know, a few yards away from all the destruction is like, Hey, come over here. And he has this basement that they're able to go into to protect themselves. Well, they hide in there. What you assume is several days. Well, what happens is, is the aliens start to fertilize their own plants that start growing all over the planet. And so it starts changing the terrain, it starts changing the vegetation, and it's turning red. Uh, the vegetation is red, and it's like these red roots. Well, you find out that the way that they're fertilizing it is they're using people to mm. fertilize the the planet. And don't so like that. They don't show anything like it's not graphic in any way, but they, you know, you, you get it. Like you're like, Oh, that's wow. That's pretty scary. And, um, and so what ends up happening, um, 
in in what I think is one of the coolest scenes in the movie, and they did it on purpose, was they uh, Rachel gets freaked out and runs like every screaming you know person in a horror movie does they do what you shouldn't do and she runs outside and so then of course ray is like rachel come back come back and so he runs upstairs and you get to the front door and he walks up to the front door and opens the front door and everything is red you just see these red plants everywhere so the terrain has completely changed but it looks just like shot for shot of the Wizard of Oz when she lands in Oz and she opens the door and it's the color, wow, uh, was you know Land of Oz. That's huh. That's a really interesting parallel. Yeah, it was really cool and it was just showing that you know when when Dorothy was in that house. She was in a completely different world, and she was opening up to a brand new world, and he was doing the same thing. Yeah. So, it was... There's little things like that that I loved about the movie. Um, And then just the way that the aliens are defeated is, to me... Very counterintuitive. Yeah. And it just... It makes sense to me. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's probably exactly how it would be if that actually happened. And so, I just appreciate that. Um, You sneeze on an alien, and they just, like, combust. (laughs) it is really cool though because they don't understand what's happening you know because the the ships start acting weird and one crashes and like the alien like comes out and and he has like no strength at all and so he just like just like slumps down onto the ground and they're like you know the soldiers like back off and they're like oh uh, well this is you know they're like this is unusual and then yeah they did they figure out what's happening but anyway so on Rotten Tomatoes, um, it got a 76 audience score. It got a 45. <laughs> so yeah, it's not the best movie. Um, I mean, I give it, I give it a solid, I don't know. I give it like a six and a half, you know, yeah, I think that's fair. If you want to watch something that's halfway decent and I mean, it's, it, you know, it is your classic sci-fi horror. So there are going to be some things in it that you're like, that was stupid. Why did you do that? Like, and you get frustrated yeah. with the character. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I think it's a pretty enjoyable movie. Yeah. Well, and for like you were saying, for you, it it was one of those like teenage, not quite formative movies, but kind of in that conversation. Mm-hmm. It's there. So yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's an important. It's really it's really cool to me that you're able to to sit down and watch that with with your son. Yeah, and cuz ha- having had those memories with my dad, like that's really cool. Yeah, and we finished it up and I was like, "So what do you think?" and he was like, "I'll be honest, that actually really scared me." <laughs> I was like, "Good. <laughs> that's what I was hoping for." Yeah. So and uh, and feel... he, he even said he was like it's that post he said it's not the alien stuff he's like I I I know that aliens aren't real and that doesn't bother me oh, he goes no he no, was no, like, no they're real they're real <laughs> he said the they're thing that be. bothers I mean... me is the the post apocalyptic stuff he's like that's the stuff that freaks me out you know uh-huh. like everybody just kind of going nuts and that kind of what thing. people turn into in that right. world yeah right and I was like no I mean yeah that that is creepy. <laughs> Honestly, that's what freaked me out in The Walking Dead more than the zombies is mm-hmm. like what the people turn into. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so that is a yeah, I'm I'm yeah. 
So Atlantis is a seven. Uh, War of the Worlds is a solid six point five. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's been we we got some winners today. Yeah, because we have we have Ahsoka and we have. Again, we have Atlantis and War of the Worlds, so uh, really good stuff talked about today. Yeah, I don't know. This was fun. I liked this idea of just a, a random... And then what What I thought would be really funny is if we ended up watching the same thing. The, so when, we, when you had this idea, I texted you, because I was on board, borderline immediately. Um, but my conversation or my, my question was, did we want to at least give a broad category like we do on Tuesday nights of like just sci-fi Yeah, just to, to be in the same genre. And you were like, no, we're going to be completely random. So the odds of us picking the same movie are borderline infinitesimal, like the, the chance that that happens, but it would have been insane. <laughs> I would have just ended the episode right there, but it would have been like, well, so definitely something you need to go watch because we both watched it and had no idea we were both going to watch it. Yeah. So I tell you what, and I know this would this would obviously hamper uh, if we were going to do this again. But the the next category that we're doing for Tuesday nights is my is my choice. I'm picking the category. Oh. And I'm picking uh, movies of the 1940s. Oh wow! I'm so excited, dude. Okay. I already know what I'm picking. I'm very excited because I don't think any of the, anyone else has seen it before. And it is it is a genre-defining movie, which Ooh. is not something that happens often. Huh. From the 1940s? From the 40s. Genre-defining in a genre that, by and large, does not exist anymore. <gasps> oh, wow. I'm, I don't know. So the genre is film noir. Is it... Is it, would it be Casablanca? It is not. Oh. Casablanca is an excellent movie. And I think we saw it uh, when the movie theater was doing $5 movies. It was definitely in theaters, which was a really cool experience. I think, I, I'm confident that I saw Casablanca in theaters. Are you okay with me guessing, or are you going to be upset? Because I know some of your people listen to this. Oh, no, they, they already know. Oh, okay. I've told them how excited I am for this movie. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm I'm content to just tell you unless you're going to keep looking. I, I'm I'm going to guess. I really want to guess because this is fun for me. Uh, okay, okay, hold on, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not fair. I just I just bumped my light, so now my lighting is probably messed up. Um. Oh boy, what? It was a very prevalent genre in the '40s that has by and large passed away. Hmm. Yep, I don't know. Okay, uh, I believe it was 1944, which was a weird time to be making movies. Um, Double Indemnity. I've never seen that. It's so good. We watched it. We didn't watch it in my film genre class. We watched it in my literature and film class because it's an adaptation of I think a, I think a book or something. I don't know. Um, but it, it's incredible. It's black and white it's a detect there's a detective there's a femme fatale it's got all the things that classic film noir has huh and i picked it over the maltese falcon which again another iconic 40s movie yeah i'm a freaking nerd man <laughs> you are <laughs> i'm wow. so excited about the 40s wow huh that's gonna be fun yeah i'm excited well for us though the next thing we are reviewing is actually going to be Nightmare... No, yes. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. bonus episode. That's right. I I did not watch this movie until Meg and I started dating. And really? Even then... No, I, I never watched it growing up. 
and I feel like so stylistically, and we'll 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 talk about this more. I'm not going to tell that story right now, um, but I've still only seen it like two or three times. Hmm. It's not it's not an every year watch for me. Well, I am looking forward to watching it, and I am as well. With it, it's something we've talked about many times, so I'm looking forward to reviewing it. But um, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap it up, unless you got anything else. No, that uh, that about does it for me. All right. Well, we will see you in two weeks with our bonus episode. Uh, But until then, nerd out.